Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah, uh, the physical and mental. The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions. This rap shit, I lick the niggas, I ain't about to knock it. This whole summer I was buying all the winter product. And I tried being peaceful, but my peace was getting bothered. So no doubt we got them eagles, we go Carson Wentz, Stefani. Okay, 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 okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 145 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Happy Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. Almost done the week. Tomorrow is Friday. Hope everybody's having a great week. Hope you're making it through. Um, it's been a busy week for your boy. As you know, you know, I dropped the interview with Rick Ritter this week. I was a, a guest on the Unpopular Podcast yesterday. Uh, it's been a busy week. I, I dropped episode one forty four on Monday, and I'm back here, for episode one forty five. Like I said, uh, we're back to the Monday and Thursday schedule for the pod. Um, so yeah, so that's you know, a little housekeeper for what's been going on this week. Uh, what's this? The second to last episode of the month. It's been a good month, man. We got one more episode for, for Money May, and that'll be on Monday, episode one forty six. But um, let me see if there's anything else I have to say before we get started. No, so let's get right into things. So let's start. Of course, we're going to be you know talking about the playoffs. So let's start there. We're still in round one. Uh, I think everybody should be moving on to games. You know, game three and four this weekend. Um, let's start off, man, with Luca. Obviously, Walker, Texas Ranger. Obviously, man, come on. Come on, man. The Clippers, the Clippers simply cannot guard Luka, man. They can't. They cannot guard him. They cannot. It doesn't matter if it's Kawhi, Pandemic P, or the finesse god himself, Mr. Patrick Beverly. What did I say? Man, Pat tricked y'all, man. Tricked y'all. Made it seem like he was the scrappy defender. You know, a, a, a lockdown guy. He's not that at all. He He's not that at all. Not by any means. Uh, man, Luca in game two had 39-7-7. and seven. It was, he put on a clinic. He put on a clinic. It was a guy, it was a circus act is what it was. It was, he put on a circus act. He looked like one of the Globetrotters out there. That's, that's how it looked, bro. It looked like he was, he was at an and one tournament and everybody else was at an NBA game. That's what it looked like to me. I'm telling you, man, Luca is looking at these boys like they were Happy Meals. Happy Meals. Just food. Happy Meals, Kids Meals, um, Snack Packs, Lunchables, anything you can think of. That's what Luca looking at these boys like, man. Baby food, Gerber baby food, Kids Vitamins, Flintstone Vitamins, Baby Vanilla Wafers, Hot Cereal. It's just easy work. It's just baby food for him, man. Nobody on the Clippers can handle that man. I'm sorry. It's just obvious that he just cannot be stopped. You know, he did not forget what happened to you know him in the bubble last year when he didn't have his boy KP. He was by himself last year in the bubble. You know, he's by himself. Y'all called him uh, the BA white boy. Y'all called him names. And Luke ain't forget that, man. 
Luke ain't forget that. So you know he got to act different when you got Big Bro. You know you act different when you got Big Bro. You know when Big Bro with you, when you got your Big Bro with you, you do, you you act different, man. You do you do things you normally wouldn't do if you were by yourself. You feel a little tougher. You know you feel like you got you know uh, a little more loose. You can be loose, a little more loose when you got Big Bro with you. Like, hey, yeah, I got my Big Bro with you. Y- y'all can't touch me. What y'all gonna do? What y'all gonna do? In game two, he was hitting fadeaways, one-legged threes, step backs, dunking on folk, and he been in Pat Bev's ear ever since tip off. He been telling Pat Bev, he been he been telling Pat Bev he too little since the game one, the tip off. You know, the Clippers are 0 2, man. They're oh they're down 0 2 after antagonizing somebody on the Mavs. 0-2 after antagonizing somebody on the Mavs. The bench players were laughing at KP after uh Paul George barely dropped him. I say barely because he was already he slipped and it looked like PG dropped him. I don't think Paul George dropped. Yeah, I'm not calling him. But that man's name is Paul George. His mama named him Paul George. I'm calling him Paul George. Ain't no nicknames for him. Pandemic P is the only one. But Paul George, you know, it didn't look like he really dropped him. But the bench players, you know, they were laughing at KP. And, you know, it was, they had a hoop, a holler. They had a key. It was having a good old time. You know, had a great old time. Game one after Kawhi dunked that man into the oblivion. Whoever that was that got dunked on on the Mavs. You know, they, they screamed on him. Everybody screamed on him. And then game one didn't end well for the Clippers. Moral of the story is, man, y'all just got to relax. Just relax. You know, everybody just relax. Um, you know, the Mavs go back to Dallas up 2-0. I think this series is over. I do. I, I, I don't think that the Clippers have enough. I mean, they have more than enough. No, we're not going to say that. No, the Clippers have more than enough. I just think the Mavs are the better team. I think they want it more. I think that their shooters are just shooting. And when, when everybody is on for the Mavs, the Clippers can't do nothing with them. Even when Kawhi is, you know, hitting the shots that he was hitting. Because Kawhi had a good game, too. But I think that the Mavs are just a better team. And I think that this go-round, it's not looking good for the Clippers. And I think the series is over. I do. I think the next time the Mavs will be at Staples is in the, West, the Western Conference Finals when they meet the Lakers. I don't think this series goes back to L.A. Up 2-0, you, you still 2 on the road, impressively, convincingly, and you're going to the crib with a, a, a crowd of full capacity. Y'all think Luka and them boys going to drop one at home? Nah, it's over. This series is over. I just don't, and then deeper than that, I just don't think the Clippers, I don't see them beating the Mavs four times in this series. Not when Luka, Hardaway Jr., hell, Josh Richardson, and the rest of them boys are playing like this. You know, I, I said this last year and headed into the playoffs, man. As long as Luka has KP, a healthy KP, and everybody else is on, man, this team is dangerous, man. That's all he needed last year was his man. And now he got him, you know. Um, I just think it's funny how the Clippers did all that ducking and dodging to get a quote-unquote easy matchup just to go down 2-0, go down 0-2 to the Mavs. You know, the basketball guy says, you know what? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. That's why, you know, when they was playing that chicken at the end of the game, dropping games and 
letting teams beat them so they can drop in the seed and so they don't have to run into the Lakers in the first round. And then look what they got, y'all. Y'all about to get sent home by the Mavs. That's tough. That's tough. But I told y'all it was going to be over for them, though. I think the, the Paul George and Kawhi experiment is over after this. Because, hold on, let me see. What's Kawhi's contract situation looking like? Because I think after this one, he gone. Let me see something. Because I think he's going to be heading to Miami soon. I'm telling you, man, Kawhi coming to South Beach. Free agent. Oh, he a free agent in 2022. So, after next season. Do we got an option on this year or something? Can he, get, can he leave after this season? I would like him to leave now after this season. But he's an unrestricted free agent in 2022. So, after this season, this upcoming, so he'll be 31. Damn, Kawhi only 30? Yeah, bring that man to South Beach, man. This this is over with, man. This is over with. All we can trade for him, don't matter. He might request a trade, but this is over. He shouldn't have left Toronto. I really, I really will never understand leaving that team. That team was good. At the time, there was really nobody to worry about in the East. Y'all was probably going to go back. Like, yeah, I, I don't think he should have done that. But, yeah, as of right now, the Mavs are up 2-0. When is the next game? Saturday, right? I think either Friday. No, 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 no. no. They play them f- tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yeah, they play them tomorrow night. Um, so, while Luca was putting on a show in L.A., the Lake Show was in the desert balling out. Um, the Lakers tied the series and will head back to L.A. 1-1. A.D. had 34-10-7. Braun had 23-9-4. Drummond had a double-double with 15-12. and And Dennis Schroeder, man, had a great game with 24. Now, Alex Crusoe's AC, his uh, impact didn't show up in the stats, but he was everywhere. You know, he made an impact. He made an impact. AC, you know, made some great defensive plays. Uh, had some... Big dunks at the end of the game that, you know, sealed the deal as far as, you know, the moral victory. But good, good game for AC and the rest of the Lakers. They, they showed up. Um, my only problem was, of course, with KCP missing wide open shots. But I was happy to see, you know, Braun in his ear like, yo, when I pass you the ball, shoot it. I don't care if you're on or not, shoot it. You know, I was glad, you know, see LeBron picking up his brother. That's what you got to do, man. That's how you lead a team. That's how you lead a team right there. You got to pick up your people when they're down. No matter if they on or not, you got to pick them up when they feel in a way. You got to. That's how you lead a team, man. That's how you lead a team. Um, but just like the bubble, the Lakers had to get smacked across the face to get woken up. They just need to get woken up to get right. That's it. That's all it was. Like, I t- I, last year when, you know, Dame was dancing, Westbrook was talking, um, who else did something? To the Lakers And I was just like oh, You shouldn't have did that Game one This season uh, With the Suns man When Crowder had flexed on Braun I said I don't think y'all should have done that I don't think so I don't think so I think this series is over in five Especially if Chris Paul Isn't fully healthy Healthy, What Nicky say uh, Like an injured Chris Paul You ain't got no point Yeah That's a fact Yeah I don't I don't know. Without a healthy Chris Paul running this offense, I really don't see the Suns coming back. I mean, not coming back, but, you know, winning four to win this series. And, you know, speaking of Chris Paul, I really wish 
they try to you know they stop trying to make that man a hero because he goes to the locker room and comes back to the floor like okay we get it he's playing through a shoulder injury damn and y'all say Braun dramatic come on fam this man going to the locker room every five minutes and then coming back checking in looking for a damn standing ovation man get the hell out of here anybody trying to hear that um but you know the Lakers well they're on you know the adjustments adjustments were made on defense. AD was more aggressive. Drummond was way more aggressive. LeBron was hitting big threes. That's just how the Lakers got to play. And and Dennis Schroeder, he has to continue playing at that level right there. What he showed me the other night, I need to see that the rest of the series and throughout the playoffs, because this Lakers team is dangerous, man. They can hoop. They can hoop. They're the defending champions, and they look like that. They asserted themselves in game two. They asserted themselves in game two. Yeah, they did. You know who else inserted, asserted themselves in game two? The goddamn Milwaukee Bucks. Fam, how many threes did they hit? Hold on. What was the final score? The final score was, um, hold on. Give me a minute. I, I, you know, y'all know I turned that off. I was watching Monday Night Raw. One thirty-two to ninety-eight. One thirty-two to ninety-eight. That game was over in the first quarter. By the way, game was over in the first quarter. It was a mess. It was a mess, man. It was a mess. Look at this. Look at this. Listen to this. Twenty-two. Three pointers. I, all of them probably came in the first quarter because they was just knocking them down. I mean, everybody on the Bucks was knocking them down. People I never heard of was going off. Who the hell is Brian Forbes? I didn't know that man before game two, but he went nuts. He had twenty-two points. Giannis thirty-one and thirteen. Middleton had seventeen. Um, Drew Holiday was he had eleven, fifteen, and seven. Um, Pat Connaughton at 15. Like, everybody on the Bucks was hooping. And, you know, I was having a conversation with my guy Andy. And it's just like, these aren't the same Bucks from last season's playoffs. They upgraded with Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker. They upgraded. This this team is good, man. This team is good. This is not the same Bucks that we saw in the bubble by any means. Now, when you look at the Miami Heat, they lost people they lost kelly olenic you know they lost jay crowder which is a big deal to me still um they don't they didn't get to bring all the deep to the playoffs because he got injured and when when you look at the heat and dwayne deadman is your leading scorer that's a problem that is an honest to god problem jimmy butler 10 points in a playoff game is not going to get it done, my brother. Dog, they calling you Jimmy Bubbler. Fight back. Please. Man, look, y'all at the crib tonight with 17,000 fans. 10 points ain't going to get it done. Y'all got to take the, the Heat got to take both of these games. They cannot drop one at home. If they drop one at home and go back to uh, Milwaukee down 3-1, it's over. It's over. So if the Heat don't win tonight, yeah, it's a wrap. They got to win. They got to show me something. They got to show me some life, man. Ten points from Jimmy ain't going to get it done. Bam, with only three rebounds, that's not going to get it done. 
Tyler Hero only playing 18 minutes and getting four points, that's not going to get it done. These guys, got they got to step up, man. Y'all got to go balls to the wall tonight. Jimmy, I need you to lay it all on the line, my brother. You have to be more assertive and more aggressive. Stop being so passive. I understand that you like being a facilitator, but you are playing playoff basketball. Your back is against the wall. You are down two games to nothing. I need at least 35 from you tonight, brother. I need 35. Seriously. And I'm not talking about going five from 15 from three. No, you need to go bang bodies and get in the hole, bro. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to hit. You're going to have to go. Seriously. And the shooters. Hero. The babies. The baby goats. Hero, none, uh, and, and Duncan. When y'all get it, y'all got to knock y'all shots down. We don't got time to be missing. And y'all got to stop. Y'all got to get back on defense and play defense, man. Y'all got to play some good defense tonight. Y'all got That's where it started. at. Y'all got to play some good defense tonight. Good defense leads to better offense. But game one, losing game one in OT, I thought that was a good start. Like, all right. But to come out and get smoked and all they did was hit threes, yeah, that didn't look good. We looked like the Celtics. And I'm not even going to talk about them. That's what's going on over there is just nasty. I don't even want to get into that. But, yeah, man, y'all got to show me something tonight. Because if you drop one at home, it's over. You got to win both of them. You got to tie the series and go back 2-2 when you go back to Milwaukee. Because you go back to Milwaukee, down 3-1, hell, you lose tonight. You might not even have to go back to Milwaukee. It might be over. I'm just saying. I'm just being real, man. Y'all know I'm a Heat fan, but. And then I didn't order the goddamn Jimmy Butler jersey. Let me tell y'all that. I ordered the Jimmy Butler jersey. I started not to order it, by the way. It was only $60 on eBay. I started not to order it. I should have I should have kept my money. I don't know why. It was an impulse buy. And the game was still on. This was before we lost game one. I shouldn't have bought that jersey. Because it's not scheduled to be here until, like, after this, like, maybe game four. But... It, it might be over game four, and then I'm going to just have a Jimmy Butler jersey. But, look, I just – I feel so bad. I should have ordered a Luka jersey. That's what I should have did. Well, come on, Jimmy. Don't make me regret my purchase, man. Allow me to be able to wear my jersey for at least one of these games, man. Please. Please. What else, man? What else happened? Oh, last night, the Knicks tied the series. The Knickerbockers, they tied the series. Got their first playoff win um, since 2013 on the back of D. Rose's 26 points and the energy from their fans. Uh, this is a series that makes me really happy to see and hear fans back in the building. Um, they came with a chant already prepared. Trey is balding. That's nuts. Um, I really think that is going to come back to haunt them. Listen, Trey was smiling at him and then um, walking off the court. He was talking, but he said, that's OK. Well, I, I see all in the A. He told everybody, I see all in the A. I honestly believe that uh, when he was leaving the floor and, you know, talking that talk, he, he going to take the Knicks to the pits of hell when they go to uh, Atlanta, man. I think he going to give them a 40 ball, two back to back 40 balls. And I think it's going to be 3-1 when they go back to the garden. 
Because it could have easily been 2-0. But they missed too many easy shots down the stretch. And they could not buy a bucket. I want to say that last five minutes of the game, they could not buy a bucket. Because they got it tied up. And then they just, bro, they fell apart. Nobody could hit a shot. Nobody could hit a shot at all. But I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes on this series. Because I don't think that Trey Young going like that. Not nah, I don't I don't think so. I think he wants to go back to the garden up three one and I think he wants to put them away in five at the garden and I think that could happen. But Gallinari, um Badanovich, Lou, they everybody gotta play their part, man. They they gotta knock their, their shots down. They gotta knock their shots down, especially in key clutch moments. Uh who else out there? Um Hunter, come on man. Y'all gotta y'all gotta hoop. Everybody gotta keep hooping. But um, we'll I, I'll definitely keep my eyes on that. So what we got going on tonight? Who playing tonight? Let's see. I know Miami played tonight at seven thirty. I'll be at work, unfortunately, but I'll be keeping my eye on it at the um on the TVs, of course. So tonight we got game three: Bucks Heat. The Lakers at ten. I'll be tuned into that. And then the Trailblazers and the Nuggets at ten thirty. Also, can y'all never put LeBron? And Luca on at the same time again. That was just rude, bro. I, I'm trying to see Luca and LeBron. I, I don't need to see that at the same time. And then, so I, I'm, I'm taking the Heat tonight, the Lakers tonight, and the Nuggets tonight. I think that the Nuggets it's about to get dark for the Blazers. I think it's about to get dark for them. Um, tomorrow night we got the Knicks and Hawks in Atlanta. I'm going with the Hawks. I think the Hawks go up two one tomorrow. And um, Brooklyn goes to Boston. I think the I think Brooklyn just continues to lay off the smack of down on the Celtics' candy asses and go up 3-0. And I think uh, the Clippers lose again, and the the Mavs go up 3-0. Yeah. And what we got going on? Okay, so Saturday I, I'm taking the Heat again, the Nuggets again, and the. Sixers again on Saturday. I think they're about to sweep the Wizards. I think that series is over. Um, what else is going on Saturday? Damn, the Jazz and the Grizzlies play Saturday. I'm going with the. Ooh, hold up. Who am I going with with that series? Hold on, give me a minute. Oh yeah, I'm going with the Jazz. I think the Jazz go up two one in that series, and then also on Sunday. We got the uh, what's the what else is going on Sunday? Oh, the Knicks and Hawks again. All right, man. So it, it's going to be a good weekend. It's only a couple of games I'm going to be able to catch because I'm I'm working all weekend, unfortunately. Um, I'll probably catch. And I'll see the the both of the well the Heat game on Saturday. Uh, yeah. So that's the only game I'll be able to see Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah. That's the only game I care about. Yeah. And then Sunday, I'll be able to see a little bit of this Lakers game. I'll be back to see most of the Mavs games. Yeah, I'll be able to watch some of the games. But, um, yeah, man, playoff basketball is here. Like I said, the fans are back. And with the fans being back, I think it's a great time to talk about fan etiquette. Now, last night, Russell Westbrook was being helped off the court. Walking back in the tunnel, um, somebody threw popcorn on him. Listen, 
what was it in the finals a couple years ago with the Warriors and the Raptors? When um something happened with a fan and Kyle Lowry that made me uh, talk about fans, fan etiquette, and you know being at an NBA game or any pro game, you know you pay to be there, and it's also a privilege to be there and to watch the athletes, and you should go act like you have some sense at these games. Um, you know, jeering guys and, you know, chanting at them, you know, but respectful, of course, you know, keeping it in bounds, you know, no derogatory or racist statements, stuff like that. What I'm saying is go be a fan. Don't go be an ass. Go be a fan. And throwing popcorn on somebody, especially when you're sitting on the bridge, like over top of the tunnel where they really can't get to you. Yeah, that's that's. um. I can't say what I wanted want to say it is because it's a family show, <laughs> but yeah, it's that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're not tough. You're not tough. You're not tough. Because if you were courtside and Russ was walking, you wouldn't throw popcorn on the courtside when he could reach you, right? Highly doubt that. So you took it upon yourself, whoever this fan is, and like LeBron said, I would love for us to. It's cameras everywhere. I would love for us to pinpoint who did this. Because how much of a, a coward do you have to be to do that? Like I said, if you were sitting courtside or close enough to him where he could reach you, you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have done that. And it had to be somebody young. I'm going to say it's somebody young because I'm going to say it was somebody born after the malice in the palace. Because anybody born before the Malice in the Palace wouldn't have done that. I don't think. I don't think anybody would. Because if you don't know about the Malice in the Palace and how that started, then yeah. Fans just need to be fans, man. Don't don't go to the, the games and try to be a tough guy because that's not what you are. You're not. Do, do not go and, and... What if somebody came to your job and threw something at you? Imagine that. Imagine you at your desk. And somebody come throw a soda at you or throw some popcorn on you. You'd be pretty pissed, right? So don't go to these guys' work place of business and throw food or popcorn on them or drinks on them. Come on, man. This ain't ECW. It's an NBA game. Have some respect. And a lot of fans don't have that. And we, you know, we, we know how certain cities get down. And Philly is one of those cities. Where their fans, I don't, I personally don't think Philly fans have class. And what happened last night, you know, pr- further proves that they don't have that much class. Not a classy group of fans. Not a classy group of fans. So, moral of the story is, man, fan etiquette is a real thing. And it's sad because they're hardworking people paying for these tickets. You know, we're, we're just getting fans back in the stands. And this how y'all acting? Come on, man. Come on. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to be better than that. As fans, y'all got to be better than that. And I personally think whoever did it owes Russell Westbrook an apology, a public apology. And they should be barred from all NBA games. Because if you're going to go to the game and act like that, you sh- you should be watching it at home. You shouldn't be able to come to the career, to the uh arena and watch a game that's what i feel personally that's what i feel
But yeah, I think that's all I had on fan etiquette. But just that's just just something to think about, man. I just just be a fan, man. Just be a fan. So switching gears, man, from basketball to football. Let's talk about this Julio Jones situation. I think this is interesting because for multiple multiple reasons. I want to start off by saying I just want to talk about players wanting trades in general. I think I've said this before. It's very it's harder to get traded in the NFL than it is the NBA. Or obviously for obvious reasons. And I I don't know if this is going to be one of those Le'Veon Bell type situations where I don't know if that was good. It's just like I don't who was to say that the, the Falcons trade him? Just because he wants out don't mean they trade him or are able to find somebody willing to pay that price for him. Julio could very well be having to suit up. Or not suit up for the Falcons this season. When is his deal up, by the way? Let me see. Let's see. I'm just saying, man. Because you can win out all you want. You can win all out all you want. But that does not mean that they will trade you. They will hold. They could hold you hostage. But like, nah, you're not going nowhere. Like, seriously. That's, that's the type of business we in. And he not uh, he's uh okay potential out year twenty twenty three, and he under contract through twenty twenty three. He won't be a free agent until he's thirty five. He's thirty two right now. Yeah, so it's either you gonna get traded or you probably gonna be suiting up for the Falcons until further notice. Because you you can go sit out all you want, but you wasting the rest of the year. You know you and your your thirties now. You ain't twenty five. You ain't twenty two. You're thirty two. So who's to say they really trade him, man? You know, I don't know. Just because you want out don't mean you get out. That's a fact. So, Shannon Sharp on Undisputed earlier this week. He called Julio Jones on air. And Julio said, you know, in reference in reference to Atlanta, he's out of there. That was his words. I'm out of there. And he said he just wants to go somewhere where he can win. And he said he won't be playing for Dallas. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole did he know he was on air or not because I think he knew. I think if you know Shannon Sharp and you know what time of day Shannon Sharp is calling you, you know Shannon is at, is at work right now. You know he ain't calling you for no reason if he at work right now. Um, I also think that the way it sounded way too clear for that not to have been a planned call because if it was a regular phone call, I think it would have sounded a little different. I think that this was something that the studio set up. This was pre-planned. Everybody's talking about, oh, this may have been illegal. Shannon Sharp this, Shannon Sharp that. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. I'm So I'm not going to do it. Like I said, the question becomes when and if they trade Julio, where does he go? Of course, the money will have to be right. And I'm sure this will be picks and not bodies. I'm sure they will send him to the AFC. I don't think they'll trade him to an NFC team. I think that would be nuts. So here are my three hypothetical landing spots. Number one, the Tennessee Titans. I think him, A.J. Brown, and 86, a company with the force of Derrick Henry. All Tannehill got to do 
it stored that thing up and it's six, man. I think that's dangerous right there. You put somebody on the opposite side of AJ Brown and this somebody is Julio Jones. That's 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 wild, man. That's a wild combination. That's a wild combination. That's that's sick right there. The AFC South. Good luck. Good luck with that. Good luck trying to stop that. Because not only do you got to worry about the run, you got to worry about the play action. You got to worry about Tannehill doing his um, direct snaps. Now you got to worry about AJ Brown burning you up. You got to worry about Julio carving you up. And then you got an 86 kill in the middle of the field. Yeah, that's dangerous. That's dangerous right there. That's dangerous. Um, my second landing spot. I personally would like to see him go to Buffalo. Julio, Diggs, and Bees, they could be potentially the most dangerous trio in football. Um, I think, you know, still my problem with the Bills is their run game, but with, with those three, you probably wouldn't even need one. Probably wouldn't need one, to be completely honest. They would run the AFC East by just passing the ball. It would be, it would be wild. It would be wild. I would like to see that. You got Julio, Diggs on the outside, Bees in the slot. That's that's a wild that's a wild threesome right there, man. That's wild right there. I don't know. I don't know. Um my third spot, the Los Angeles Chargers. You send Julio out west with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, with young Herbert at the helm, Eckler out the backfield. That's nice right there too. I think that right there gives them the 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 bolt they need to compete with the charm with the Chiefs. I think that, that right there upstarts them and makes them competitors in the AFC West. You get Julio. Yeah, that makes it and that, that gives Herbert another big weapon to, to play with. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So I'm thinking I think the Titans could do it. I think that makes the most sense. And I really think that makes the Titans a Super Bowl contender. One hundred percent. I think that makes the Titans a Super Bowl contender. Even with Ryan Tannehill, who I like. I like Ryan Tannehill. I don't have a problem with Ryan Tannehill. I know a lot of people do. But personally, I, I like Ryan Tannehill. I really do. And I think that right there, yeah, that, that one, they're knocking on the door of a Super Bowl. Definitely going to the championship game. Everybody stays healthy? 100%. 100%. Um, let's see. All right, so we talked about NBA playoffs, little fan etiquette, Julio situation. We'll be going next, man. We'll be going next. All right, so let's talk about Naomi Osaka, who's uh, at the French Open right now, versus the media. All right, so here's what she had to say on Instagram. Give me one moment. All right, so here's here's what she says. Hey, everyone, hope you're all doing well. I'm writing this to say I'm not going to do uh, any press during Roland Garros. I've often felt that people have no regard for athletes' mental health, and this rings very true whenever I see a press conference or partake in one. We're often sat there and asked that we've been uh we wait hold up. <laughs> we've often sat there and asked questions that we've been asked multiple times before or asked questions that bring doubt into our minds and I'm just not going to subject myself to people that doubt me. I've watched many clips of athletes breaking down after a loss in the press room and I know you have as well. I believe that whole situation is kicking a person while they're down and I don't understand the reasoning behind that me not doing press is nothing personal to the tournament and a couple journalists have interviewed me since I was young so I have a friendly relationship with most of them however if the organizations that think 
they can just keep saying do press or you're going to be fine and continue to ignore the mental health of the athletes that are the centerpiece of their cooperation. Oh, excuse me, of their cooperation. Then I just got to laugh. Anyways, I have the con- considerable amount that I get fined for this will go towards a mental health charity. XOXO. I mean, I can't, I can't disagree with that, man. I can't disagree with that. How many times have you watched a press conference um, after somebody's lost the game or match or something and the media asks them a stupid question? Coaches, too. Coaches go through this as well. And I think coaches may have it a little worse than the players to a certain extent because when it comes to stupid questions, especially after losses, it's like I think about um, you know, Cam after the Super Bowl loss. Like, why would Cam want to talk to y'all after he just after the Broncos just demolished him and the Panthers? You know, things like that. It's just like things you don't take into consideration. Imagine you at your regular job. Say you know a deal don't go through that you wanted, or you just have a bad day at work. And somebody wants to come and put a microphone in your face and ask you what went wrong. Oh, what could you have done differently? Oh, why do you think that went that way? Oh, why this? Why that? Nobody wants to answer those questions, man. Nobody wants to answer those questions. So when you look at Naomi Osaka's statement and her take on it and the the toll it takes mentally on these athletes, you have to stand with the athletes. Nobody's trying to make the media out to be the villain here. That's not what it is. It's not an attack on the media. It's a defense of me of mental health, and that's it. And that's all. That's it. And that's all. Marshawn Lynch, a guy who was not a media guy, we know how his. I'm here, so I won't get fined. That was literally the only reason he was here. You you you're finding guys for not talking to the media. Something that I feel like shouldn't even be required. Seriously, what do I need to talk to them about after a loss? I have nothing to talk about. I just lost. I'm pissed. I'm hurt. And I got to go sit here and ask, answer 10 to 15 questions that are going to be the same questions, but ask differently. No, no, no. And like she said, you know, some some reporters are bad, you know, terrible and want you, you know, they, they put self-doubt in your mind. Or they come to the press conference trying to, um, you know, push their narrative or get the best sound bite or get you to flip out. You know, they're there to, to, to pick with you, to nitpick, pick, to nitpick with you, excuse me. And that's just a, that's just another game. It's a game within a game. And that's a game that Naomi and other athletes do not want to play. You know, you got to move on. You got to stay focused. That's 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 a part of the mental game in it there's you know there's physical and there's mental in these sports and that's just something that takes a toll on her mental and you cannot um persecute anybody for defending their own mental health and their own mental well-being i think that now where we are in this day and age you know people look at that as a cop-out people try to say that you know people with mental health, that's a cop out. We talk about guys like Kyrie, guys like Ryan Garcia. I don't think so. 
I don't think so. I think I, I that's something I'll never question with anybody or make fun of. Mental health is not a joke. You know, not at all. Not at all. That's something that should be taken seriously, never lightly. You never question whether somebody's serious about dealing with mental health struggles, especially at that level, at that stage. These athletes put themselves through so much. It's trying to stay at the top of their game, trying to stay healthy, um, eat the right things, work out as much as they can, keep their body together, stay injury free and win. On top of that, you got to keep winning. You got to keep winning, especially in tennis, you know. So, yeah, all power to Naomi Osaka. I'm proud of her for taking a stand and defending herself and defending her mental health. And the, she said the fine money is going to a mental health charity. It is what it is. She'll pay the bill. She'll pay the tab. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Um, Let's see. Let's see. All right, we got one more thing to talk about that I'll get you guys out of here for the week. So we got a fight this weekend, man, on the zone. I believe the, this is what, 10 p.m.? It's late. I got. I think it's a late fight. I got to see. Um, we got Devin Haney taking on Jorge Linares uh, this Saturday night for the WBC lightweight title. So let's look at the tail of the tape. Devin Haney comes into this fight 25-0 and 0 with 15 knockouts. He's an orthodox fighter. He stands at 5'9". With a 71-inch reach advantage. And he's only 22 years old. You look at the flip side. You look at Jorge Linares. He's 47-5. and 5, 29 knockouts. He's been knocked out five times. Um, he's also an orthodox fighter. He stands at 5'8". With a 69-inch reach. So Haney not only has the youth advantage. He also has the height and reach advantage by a little bit. Uh, Jorge Linares is 35 years old. So Haney is coming off a unanimous decision win over Gamboa, who he beat uh, back in November. I think the fight was November 7th, I believe. Um, Haney is the younger opponent. He's a WBC lightweight champion. This is a fight that he should win. No fight is an easy fight. This is a fight that I think he should win. I don't think he should lose this fight. Um, especially that, you know, I know that he's looking forward to bigger fights like an undisputed bout with the winner of Lopez or Camposos, maybe a run-in with Lomachenko. You never know. You never know. I, I, like I said last episode, this weekend and this upcoming month, there are some big fights in the lightweight division. I didn't. Even, I forgot to tell you guys, I didn't even run down all of There's more fights in June, by the way. We'll talk about that on Monday. But big fights for the lightweight division this weekend and this upcoming month. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure Devin Haney is looking forward to bigger things. So I'm hoping that this isn't a fight that he's looking past. You know, this is he shouldn't look over Linares. He should he should be focused on his opponent and taking it one fight at a time. But I know that he's looking to get through this so he can move on to bigger and bigger. You look at Linares, you know, he hasn't fought since February of last year, but he won with a KO, a knockout victory over Carlos Morales. Uh, he's won three of his last five fights. Both losses were TKO losses, including a loss to Lomachenko back in 2018. At 35, I think this may be Linares' last shot at the title and a big fight, 
potentially moving forward. So I don't expect him to come out Saturday night and lay down by any means. You know, I don't think he's going to come out there and just let Haney walk all over him and walk through him. I expect him to fight. He is a wily veteran, but he will have a tall task at hand. I don't think Devin Haney will knock him out. So I'm going to say that Devin Haney wins on points with a unanimous decision. The fight goes all 12. Um, once again, this fight takes place this Saturday on the zone. And that's all I got for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Um, let's see. Shout out to Stadium Scene TV, man. Make sure you guys keep subscribing to my YouTube channel. Make sure you keep listening to the pod. Make sure you go back. If you missed episode 144, go listen to that. Um, episode 146, I'll be back on Monday. Man, hopefully I'll be in here talking to you guys about the Tied Up Miami series. Man, Hopefully. Let's pray on that. Um, thank you guys for tuning in once again. Um, is that all I got? Yeah, that's all I got, man. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Um, and for the 145th time, I'm Eric Lyons. You have just been electrified.